Yep. So, yeah, there you go. Comedy, everybody. Wow, I just kind of killed the show there. <laughs> no no applause break <laughs> well, for you. No, <laughs> when, they, when they kill you at Caesar's Palace, they really kill you at Caesar's I don't Palace. <laughs> Is there a better way to end the comedy segment? <laughs> With a bad joke and a drum sting? Hey, the comedy's over. <laughs> Did it ever really begin? <laughs> really? <laughs> Do we want to do a Kevin question, or do you need to get out of here? We can do it really fast. I can do it fast. Title I mean, of, I, title yeah. of your sucks tape. <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Burger episode. 319 it's a podcast with a guy and a guy and another guy i'm mike i'm craig and here we are how's it going craig i'm good i'm t-minus two hours till the end game oh no when we wrap up uh Recording here, I'm going to see Avengers Endgame. Oh, oh. No, no, oh. not the endgame of the podcast. That's like next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I thought you meant like the, the, the suicide endgame for when the world loses electricity. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. give up completely. Yeah, like in Revolution, when the electricity goes away uh-huh. completely, that's where Craig just gives up, just, just gives up the ghost. <laughs> because, just and, because, and I quote, I'm not going back to hand drafting. <laughs> also, I want my internet. <laughs> I haven't hand drafted since I was in, in uh, let's see, when was it, 97? I, I bet, guess was the last time I hand drafted, 22 years ago. I bet hand drafting would be would be much better not for true. my carpal tunnel and tendonitis and whatever else is wrong with Now that I think about me. it, I have drawn um, floor plans to things, <laughs> but they weren't for work. They were for my little side gig when I was freelancing, and I would draw maps and buildings for the adventures that I was writing for D and D, that's when I hand drafted. I yeah. actually got out pens and like. So it wasn't ninety seven. Yeah, but that doesn't count. No. That's fun. <laughs> that doesn't that's count. Freehand. That work doesn't count. It was fun. I was just drawing on graph paper. <laughs> yeah, but I bet our guest has some uh, knowledge and experience he'd like to share in this area. Welcome, hand drafting expert <laughs> Matthew. It's been a while. It has been a very You've been long time. World traveling. I have. Yeah. <laughs> That's the theme from Fletch, everybody. Yes, and it's beautiful. As performed by the three of us. Just or no, me. just you and me. Yeah, just you right. two, yeah. I'm not quite sure I want to be known as the expert of the hand job work. Hand drafting? Hand <laughs> yeah, drafting. <laughs> I'm just kind of saying, throwing Jeez. that out there. But yeah, uh, why didn't you use Revit for your little uh, maps and buildings and adventures? You could have bend it up and <laughs> three-dimensional information here's, model, here's created a, a digital twin, and put all sorts of uh, yeah. put all sorts of uh, metadata and everything stacked in there. Like exactly. Here's here's yeah. here's the stone wall and its hardness and hit points. Exactly. I mean, how are you going to manage you know operations and maintenance for building life cycle? I mean, how well, that's no, uh, that's no, like I, at the at the I drew on graph paper for that stuff. Oh. You know the prior to the um. Or around the time of the project kickoff, you do the the go no go for BIM. Yes, you have that meeting where you discuss: Do we want to lose the regular amount of money, or 
an exceptional amount of Correct. money. <laughs> yeah. Based on the, you know, is this a huge project or a tiny project? Right. And uh, and then you you say, oh, well, we would like to only lose the regular amount of money, please. So do it in CAD. Right. Yeah. <laughs> quite the uh, quite the poor attitude you've got there. No, that's reality. It's, it, it's not worth it to to rev it up uh, a small project. Yeah, that's fair. Unless, especially unless if it's a, like some, an, a renovation of an unless existing you've got building. some yeah you've got some client that's you know willing to pay out the butt but that's not going to happen with a small project no. that's the reason it's a small project because they don't have any they money. don't have any money yeah. if they had money we're going to renovate a bigger project we're, we're the government we're going to renovate the hell out of everything that's what I mostly work on is like just renovations <laughs> of stuff it's like these buildings are like patchworks yeah. yeah. I'm starting of, a, of starting a renovation so for a, much old a, stuff and new stuff and a good stuff. Oh. mass transit agency that Exciting. shall remain unnamed. Ah, good. Um, who the building is so old that the drawings are hand drawn. Oh my god! And uh, so all we blue line drawings. No, they're they're black line drawings. Okay. Um, but so we have high res. Uh, scans in TIFF format, and uh, I have um, <laughs> take a million years to open. And well, pan yes. around because <laughs> they're yeah. they're like twenty terabytes a piece. They're huge. Well, I've converted them to lower res sure, PDFs sure. so that I can flip through the set easily. But I can take those <laughs> high res TIFFs and import them into AutoCAD. And using raster design, I can clean them up and draw and note and dimension on top of them. Yeah, I have I have cracked that egg, That's and I'm the cool. only one who knows how to do it. Job in the world. security in the world uh, at my job. Okay, there yeah. you go. it's time for an annual review, there, Mister Broad. Just had it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you remind them that you're the only one that can do that? Hey, Mike. Uh, Mike I may you, have. Mike, yeah. could, Mike, could you teach uh, Johnny over here how to do that? I'm sorry, no. Johnny's not capable of learning that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's a reason. No, that's not true. We I... would never hire anyone that was not capable of learning that. Um, there's a reason I suck it up and do CAD management work for all these years. Job so security. Nobody the only else one. wants to. Yeah. Nobody else wants to. Are you to kidding? Do it. How long yep. have you been doing it at that job? Ten years. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yep. like they can't, they can't replace you. You're, no, they you couldn't. are irreplaceable. If if I if I ever leave, they're <laughs> 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 no, that, that's not it's, true. I mean, I've worked. At, I worked at another place where I was. I filled that role, and before I left, I transferred as my knowledge as yeah. best I could. Yeah. I taught somebody else how to do all of it. But yeah, that's, you know, if I were to ever leave, it's like now they've got to find yeah. someone else. And somebody else in the office like, has, has to be willing to, to take a bite of that and, and I'm going to have to teach them as, as they, best I can before as, I leave. As and, they, then gonna, <laughs> and then they're going to forget a lot of it because uh-huh. oh, yeah. it's a small company and that we don't, I don't use it a lot. The only reason that's I the know it, the only reason I know it so well has been I've been doing it for 15 years. Right. Yeah, it's the things that you do only do every two or three years. But it's like, wait a minute, how do I do that again? Yeah. The bigger problem is then finding someone who knows CAD well enough to be a CAD manager now. Yeah. Uh, they are so few and far between that, uh, I mean, none of the kids coming out of school know. No, the recession CAD. The recession was long enough yep. that it, it there's a huge gap. Major gap, yeah. Yeah, there's, major there's, gap. there's like, major gap. Yeah. Salute. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like five years worth uh-huh. of architects that didn't, that graduated school and didn't go into architecture and went somewhere else and Got didn't learn jobs. any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got a career. L- lucky bastards. <laughs> Why didn't I have a recession when I got out of school? <laughs> no, now I'm working in business or yeah. IT and making six figures and loving life. Anyway, setting Let's architecture. Let's stop talking about this. Setting yeah. architecture aside. But no, you're right. I've, I've been, uh, been gone quite a bit. And, uh, lots of trips to India. Lots of trips to India. How are the Indians doing? There, there's a lot of them. Yes, there is a lot of them. I mean, the, the, I go to Chennai, which is a small city of only of about eleven million. <laughs> yeah, that's what fun. was? Wait, did that have a, a Western name that we used to know it as? 
Yes. No, actually, Chennai is the... No, wait. They've changed names. It did have a different name, Madras. Oh, yeah. Like the, the plaid. Sure. Yes, Madras. They've gone plaid. I like plaid. Yeah, I I uh I actually this this <laughs> nice, nice one <laughs> over the course of the last week or so spaceballs people watch it over the course of the last week or so I've actually went looking at a list of the world's biggest cities for stuff that I'm working on for my games. Yeah, and I was like, okay, and I was like scrolling down the things like China, 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 India, 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 China, China, yep. China, China, India, India, India. <laughs> Before you got like, oh, okay, there's London, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. <laughs> There's New York. Yeah. Well, spe- speaking of uh, having not having seen you in a while and 80s movies, I have a gift for you. <gasps> Ooh, I like gifts. Uh-oh. I see a bag. It's in a... Uh... When you get home, there will be a puppy. <gasps> no, it's just oh. the bag I got. I like to tell It's a t-shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank Jeez. you. Oh, this is so awesome. Oh, 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 I love what Hang is on. it, Matthew? I gotta, I'm gonna put it on right now. So I match. It's it's a orange whip shirt with John Candy from the Blues Brothers. And Craig, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing my orange whip shirt. And, and what are you wearing, Mike? I I am also uh, wearing my orange whip shirt. All right. And and what did I say when I when I showed up today? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's an orange whip. Yep. All right. I got I gotta put orange on my whip. orange whip. Orange whip. Three orange whips. Wow. And I, we didn't talk about this. No. I didn't tell you well, I was wearing my orange whip shirt. You didn't ask me to. Well, so the image that is on this shirt yeah. was uh, was something that some guy that put this t-shirt on one of those t-shirt sites, and I yeah. I used it. I borrowed it for, for our image for that episode. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, well, if I'm... If I'm gonna, there really wasn't any other good picture, and I'm like, and I don't like to use somebody's somebody else's work, you know, right? With without some compensation, and there's no time to check with the artist and get like I tried to do that once. So the guy got t- back to me after so you bought a, a t-shirt. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I bought one of his t-shirts, and then I put it on Facebook, and then James saw it and said, yeah. "That's awesome! I'm buying one." And then Craig bought one, and I'm like, <laughs> "Might as well get one for Matthew too." So. <laughs> Thank you. I since, love it. The, since we do talk, we do talk our about other the, major Blues yes, Brothers fan Blues Brothers here. Fair bit, yeah. How does that look? Very that nice. looks awesome. That's awesome. We got, oh. And we got three different colors of shirts. Very well, nice. I, I te- quite, so quite, I texted Matthew. This was like two months ago. Yeah. Quite the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I texted Matthew. Um, hang on. I got to scroll down. Okay. So I said, I said, uh, hypothetical. <laughs> this is from March 6th. Wow. If you were to own a t-shirt that was not Georgia Tech related, what size and color would it be? <laughs> so he says uh nice. size and blue. And he did he gives me this uh thumb and pinky Rock surf, on. surfer dude thing. So I did a screenshot of the <laughs> the choices and I numbered them on my iPhone using markup. Just yeah. the colors, right? Just the blue colors. So he doesn't know what's there on were the shirt. seven. Seven different blues. Seven different blues. <laughs> and then I listed what all the seven blues were uh, for Matthew to pick from. And he chose number seven, Royal number Heather. Seven. Royal Heather. <laughs> and I said, thank you for your entry. Failure to claim your prize before midnight on April 27th, 2019 will result in forfeiture. <laughs> Winky smiling face. And that is today is April 27th. Is. So that was my Brilliant. way of making sure he showed up yes. and go to India. Dude, <laughs> again, you, you you don't know how close it was. No. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. If he hadn't showed up today, would we have like run the shirt through a shredder or something? <laughs> I would have taken garden shears. I would to have it. framed it and hung it on the wall, taking a video with a plaque on it that said "Matthew's forfeited shirt." 
and made him stare at it every time he comes here. We could have, we could have, we could have cut it in half, uh, top to bottom, and and put it on the wall with a one inch gap between it and just, yeah, and yeah. two separate frames, yeah, with no no matting, like edge to edge, yeah, very modern. That shirt would not have a mat. Matthew, no, Papa. no, not in not inside of it. Right. Thank you. So no, was, uh, orange whip shirts for the last two weeks. I've been essentially on standby. Wow, is that? Were you expecting? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I, was, I was just like, That's oh, standby for India. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I got the email this morning. Come out as soon what as possible. What did you think I bought you? Well, I figured it was a shirt, but I didn't know. I you didn't weren't know you weren't paying attention to the orange whip I've thing. I've been. I've no. Okay. India awesome. So been, it was a surprise. It truly Yay. was a surprise. This is brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I've been. Only took you offline. only yeah. took you six years of being on this podcast before you you finally cashed in. I know it's got fine. something cool. It's like I, he I has got one on the, the mugs. Okay, so it's been five years since <laughs> I got another thing because <laughs> we gave him that mug. What maybe a year in? But yeah, right, right, yeah, right away. You as finally as let me them. off the porch and into the house. So that one dollar, right. that one dollar investment into the podcast this, has paid off as mug. This one dollar yep, investment, is my, my this one dollar. This is the dollar. In six years, that has turned into a what? Maybe thirty, thirty-ish, thirty, thirty is to forty dollars worth of merchandise. Yeah, yeah, the Between mug the and the shirt. Sure, yeah. nice. And that's and, a pretty, that's a really solid six-year investment and an unlimited amount of fun being on the show. Uh huh. Well, I don't know about unlimited. I mean. We make you go home sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Just sometimes. Yeah. It's a good thing Allison found me. <laughs> but thank you very much. This is awesome. Cool. You're welcome. This is glad awesome. you like it. Yeah. And and you couldn't have well, any blue would have gone very well with orange because yeah. as we all know, there are complementary colors. They are. Yes. And since it's a blues brother's reference <laughs> that's why that joke Double is so good shot. yeah because orange whip is complimentary to, to blues blue brothers brothers very good complimentary joke words courtesy of nerfer <laughs> courtesy of the uh who, who uh, i don't know was that was that a was that was that line written or did john I think, Candy, no i think that was john candy improv, improvise he, that maybe yeah. that, that i feel like improv. john candy i think i feel like john candy improv that Seems like it would have been. Anyway, we have anything else? What's what's going on here? I have um, I have a few things. Uh oh. Um, first couple of things, Craig, you're gonna like this. You got uh, me a T-shirt? No. Oh, you got your own T-shirt. What's this noise? <laughs> yeah, Craig, you may appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Let me revise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, there were some some things uh, said and 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 discovered and questioned about uh, questions left unanswered. Um, mysteries left unsolved from last week's episode. So I I did some further digging Uh-oh. into some narrow subjects. Did you just discover more of my lies? Are you calling me out on something stupid I said? No. Oh no no. This is the thing that you like that I do. How when I go and oh yeah and yeah further you, do further research when on, you do on my something. research for me. Yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about something, that I was like I should look into that more, and then I don't, and then and, Mike does. <laughs> What do you got? So last week, Matthew, we had uh, James on. You right. remember James? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all, all four of us, worked together at, the, yes, at, at one time at a, at that place that sucks. And um, and James James was talking about uh, how he and his son Jack are Armenian and how there are lots of famous Armenians. Yeah, and we, Craig went online we and found a list yeah. of famous Armenians. And there were there were a couple that came up where we thought, hmm, is that right? So I I did some digging. And uh, the fir- first one, Steve Jobs. 
really? was listed as a famous Armenian. Now, I correctly um, pointed out that I thought Steve Jobs was, his biological father was from Syria, which is correct. But um, there's, um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in here, about half of which I never knew, being the giant Apple fan that I am, somehow I never heard any of this stuff. Half of which I did read in the Steve Jobs biography from seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And just forgot. <laughs> sure. But I think you'll find some of this stuff interesting. Uh, Stephen Paul Jobs was born Abdul Latif Jandali. What? Yeah, that'd be a tough. That'd be a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. February twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five, to Abdul Fata Al Jandali and Joanne Carol Scheibel, and then That's was uh, subsequently adopted by Paul and Clara Jobs. Abdul Fata uh, is from Syria. He moved around, eventually came to the United States, and uh, went to college to get a PhD at the University of Wisconsin mm-hmm. in Madison, where regular guest Andy went to college. <laughs> sure. Um, that I knew, and that's where he met Joanne Carol Scheibel, a Catholic of Swiss and German descent who grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. <laughs> and that was something that I read in the biography and forgot. <laughs> so Steve Jobs biologically is half Syrian and half cheesehead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the adoptive parents. Uh, adoptive father, Paul Reinhold Jobs. Nice. <laughs> No doubt, huh? That's our third Reinhold. Yes, it is. We only know three. We now have three Reinholds. Judge Reinhold, mm-hmm. Reinhold Wiege, is yes. that how Jim pronounces it? Something like that. And uh, and now um, Steve Jobs' dad, uh, adoptive dad, Paul Reinhold Jobs. Reinhold. That's a great name. <laughs> yes, Paul Reinhold Jobs grew up in a Calvinist household mm. on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's no joking around. You uh, do your work. Shut up. Yeah. On a <laughs> on a farm. In Germantown, Wisconsin. He was a Calvinist working on a farm. He worked his ass off in the field. That dude had calluses on his hands. See, I was 30 until I figured out I was understanding the wrong Calvin and Calvinists. Yeah, not the kid, not the, no. not the cartoon. I, I was, sometimes I'm a Hobbesist, but mostly I'm a Calvinist. Calvinist and but Hob- st- I'm the Hobbesian. You still yeah. randomly pee on things you don't like, though, well, Of course right? I sometimes. do. Yeah. My sticker's everywhere. I'm a Momin. Moment, remember Mo? Isn't that, isn't yeah. that Mo? Is this, the bully? The bully, is Mo? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we're talking Calvinist and Hobbesian, then you're I guess a, if you're you a follow, moment, if you're a follow of Mo, you're a moment. <laughs> um, I just beat people up, <laughs> make fun of them. So uh, this says that, and I and I I went to Wikipedia for these because and don't comb my hair as i recall no you had a mop <laughs> yes. going on top. anyway we all know w- w- wikipedia is mm-hmm. fact challenged depending on what <laughs> no, you're it's always looking. right it's on the internet go ahead <laughs> it's not it's it, no schools will accept it as a reference right. in your research paper um but i figured for famous people's biographies we were mostly safe um also i'm lazy you're going to go to the library and check out books on these people. I don't even know where Look the library up genealogies. is. Genealogies. Well, you know, the Cobb County Library is online. You can check out ebooks. <laughs> you can. It's great. There's all sorts of libraries online. I know. <laughs> you know, where the yeah. internet. Oh, don't, anyway, don't, anyway. Don't, don't, let, don't let yourself leave before I ask you a question about Cobb County. Okay. 
being somebody who lives in Cobb County. I, okay. have, I have an actual homeowner question. Homeowner question? Oh, God, no. No, no, not on the show. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> he got into a discussion oh, wait, with another guest a while back leave. about freeways. Freeway oh, that construction. lasted like two minutes on the show. I fell asleep. <laughs> you did. He did. <laughs> what, what else? About, for? about 90 seconds into it, it was... <laughs> What, what, like a, that. what else for well this says Armenian that uh, news that paul reinhold jobs uh resembled james dean he had tattoos dropped out of high school and traveled around the midwest for several years during the 30s looking for work eventually so he was a calvinist that went on rumspringer <laughs> <laughs> grew up in that really strict household and then went wild so when the when the when the kids go on rumspringer do they have to wear that orange triangle on their backs as they wander the countryside <laughs> no <laughs> The caution, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> the warning. This is a this is a horse drawn carriage. This, this is a slow moving vehicle walking on the highway. Um, Not if they're doing it right. <laughs> he uh, joined the Coast Guard as an engine room machinist after World War II. Uh, his ship was docked in San Francisco. He made a bet that he would uh, find his wife in San Francisco, and I think within a week went on a blind date with uh, Clara, uh, Clara Jobs. They were engaged uh, 10 days later and married in 1946. Um, engaged after 10 days. Yes. Uh, went on a da- Back in the day, man, when wow. you just didn't waste any time. Yeah. Went on a date 10 days later, engaged. Yes. Clara, Clara's, uh, Clara Jobs, obviously her married name. Um, care to guess her maiden name? Reinhold. Nope. App. Clara Hagapian. There we go. Hagapian. <laughs> That would be the Armenian pronunciation, or as close as I can manage. If we uh, said it like an American, it would be Hagopian. But Hagop, H-A-G-O-P, the Armenian name uh, version of Jacob. So they substitute an H for a J, a G for a C, and a P for a B. So, Steve- but that's James. James Dad's name is okay. Hagop. Okay, Clara Hagopian. So the Steve- daughter of Armenian immigrants, plural, 100% Armenian, the adoptive mother of Steve Jobs. So Steve Jobs is... So that makes him Armenian. That makes him uh, half <laughs> a- adopted Armenian and half adopted cheesehead. But also half real Syrian so, so he's and actually, real cheesehead. So he's, real actually, cheesehead. so he's actually Syrian and cheesehead. He's not yeah, no. Armenian at all. No, his, it's the half Syrian that makes him look like he could be Armenian. Right. But it was his adoptive mother who was 100% Armenian. Um, another person who we, James anyway, wondered was Armenian because she looks Armenian, uh, Chris Kardashian. We talked about Robert Kardashian obviously showed up on the list. You know, O.J. Simpson's lawyer. Yeah. Um, he's since passed. Uh, Chris Kardashian, we know now as Chris Jenner. Uh, Kristen Mary Jenner, nay Houghton, formerly Kardashian, mother of reality stars. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, we all know. Yes. And we don't care. But we're Born gonna, in San Diego, we're California. we talk about her anyway. <laughs> well, why is she? Why did James think she was Armenian? I don't know. She is the first child of Mary Jo Shannon, nay Campbell, mm. and Robert True Houghton. She is of Dutch, English, Irish, German, and Scottish descent. Not a single Middle Eastern. No Armenian. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. Or Eastern European. If you picked anybody in the world and said, are they Armenian? I would guess no, and I would be right most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Am I Armenian? Unless no. you're talking about yeah. people who invented things, and then, then you have a pretty good shot at it, apparently. Um, yeah, uh, in appearance... 100, 100% of 
Chris uh, Jenner's Armenian appearance is uh, due to eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100% eyeliner. So that's what James was thinking of. Another interesting fact here, um, and uh, but wait, there's more about Chris Jenner, is the birthday. About eight months or so after Steve Jobs was born, Chris mm-hmm. Jenner was born. That'll, no. ha- that'll happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people are born eight months apart. <laughs> in 1955. A, yeah. A, in, in 1955, a, there were a number of people that were a, born eight months apart. A, re- a, a red letter date in the history of reality TV. Yeah. November 5th, 1955. Yes, of course. November 5th, 1955. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. She's born on the day oh. the time travel was invented. So it's all Marty McFly's fault. <laughs> No, that would have been nine months earlier. Jeez, <laughs> um, okay. And uh, one other thing, Back to the Future related, um, and this gets back to the, incons- <laughs> the the things that aren't plot holes, but they're just weird inconsistencies in movies, technical inconsistencies. Uh, this is way, da- way down on the list of, uh, of uh, importance relating to plot holes, but the license plate, out of time on the, on the mm-hmm. time machine, eight eight characters on a vanity plate in 1985 on a California license plate. Not possible. They limited them to seven. So it took place in a different universe, parallel, uh-huh. parallel world I don't know. where eight was allowed. That was the only difference between their world and ours, ours was One. eight characters allowed on a vanity license plate in yeah. California and time travel was real. Well, I mean, that's how <laughs> the, the, the time travel overlords knew which reality you were from. Okay. Yeah. But I was such a geek well, it's back like then. Sliders, like in, in the movie. Yeah. Oh, in the, sure. In the show yeah. Sliders. Tiny they, little differences. He, he would go back and check the gate to see if it squeaked or not. And that's how he could tell whether or not it was his home. Yeah. Whether oh. or not he was back in his reality. It only squeaked in his reality? I don't remember. It was one way or the other, but he always had to check it. And it was always yeah. never was that, his. Was that Vern checking it? <laughs> Vern, yeah. It yeah. was uh, um, Jerry O'Connell's character. Why do you need a comb, Vern? You don't even have any hair. Um, <laughs> Quinn was it? Quinn Mallory? Yeah. Was he the brother? The, the oh, other man. Mallory brother that came? I don't know. I don't remember his name. It's been anyway. Well, anyway, so does since, that, does since that... I was ten years old, I've been looking for a vanity license plate with eight or more characters on it. <laughs> so you can do out of time? No, no. I just because I just was like, who has eight characters on their on their license plate? Or or if I ever live there, can I get out of out of time on it? Maybe. Maybe when you were very young, you saw a vanity, you know, a vanity license plate that had eight characters, like in real life, in the mm-hmm. world, and you're stuck. In, you got it stuck in your head that that's how it is that you can get eight characters on a vanity plate, and now you can't because you were born in a parallel reality, right. parallel world, and it's you were possible. stolen and brought over here, like on Fringe. Mm-hmm. Which I'm yep, that's watching. possible. Yeah, you're rewatching Fringe now. Yeah, I loved Fringe. What a great show. Such a great show. Anyway, um, just this past week, I think Thursday might have been Wednesday, driving to work, southbound I-75, a white Lexus four-door sedan, possibly an ES350, although I I don't remember that because I was busy looking at the North Carolina license plate that read WHTF, and I swear to God, a space, and then ANU. M. W H T F A N U M. That's a lot of thinking. Yeah. But it's close to what the f anus. <laughs> it's really close. It's like two letters off from what the f anus. 
So it made me laugh. And yeah. then I was like, hey, that's eight characters. That's the first time I've seen that in over 30 years. So maybe you're back in the parallel. Maybe I am. <laughs> you are. You've crossed back over now. I keep trying to get a new start on my license. <laughs> All right. Does that does that uh, wrap us up for Are They Menian? <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you for Thank joining us on, on Are, Are They, they Menian? Menian and License Plates. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Are we ready to move on? Sure. What's news, Mike? going to make him keep talking. Oh, no. <laughs> um, if I play my cards right, I won't have to hardly talk on this episode crazy. at all. Hey, so you know how, how uh, manufacturers of these wonderful electronic gadgets that we all have all over this table and that we have in our lives and carry around in our pockets, what with our internet-connected uh, supercomputer uh, phone thingies that mm-hmm. really are much 99% not phones. Um, yeah, my, my pocket computer that yeah, has the phone app. That has the phone app. That and, I never uh, use. Yeah. and what is connected to the World Wide Web of Information mm-hmm. wirelessly through the through the uh, the air tubes <laughs> or something. Sure. Well, anyway, so you know Lord these help me. these manufacturers they they come out with new, new better gadgets, and they before they release them, they give them to some select few um, tech journalists mm-hmm. to the they're called review units, and everybody knows. That the manufacturers pick like the absolute perfect, no scratches, no imperfections. Sure. It's just like absolutely perfect. They might even they, some some of them. I don't know this. I'm just suspecting some of them might actually manufacture them differently than than the regular ones that, right. that you and I can buy, um, so that they're just absolutely as perfect as possible. These review units, because a lot is riding on that. Right. Enter the Samsung Galaxy Fold. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which is failing, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> for multiple reviewers. Why? Because they put a screen on two halves of uh, a tablet, a phablet that folds in half, mm-hmm. and shocker, the screens are breaking. Huh. Right. The Samsung Fold spindle and mutilate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, that costs two thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> that aren't. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 doing the opposite of what the name <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have uh, they have it has uh, completely the wrong name. I believe they yeah they have delayed the launch of of the Whoops. device now. <laughs> you know that that's something that should have been caught in QA. Well, it, so I fix it. You've heard iFixit. I talk about iFixit. I have yeah. iFixit tools somewhere. It's the website that helps you void your warranty. Yeah, exactly. Right. They've got all <laughs> the... Teaches uh, you how to, fix, how to open up electronics and fix them. Yeah, they've got guides for everything. Mm-hmm. And they, they, go, they send people. They, will, they fly people to Australia so that they could be the first people to buy the thing when it goes on sale. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they immediately tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> And void the warranty. Yeah, and void the warranty. <laughs> and uh, and they give it a, a repair score, and then they eventually publish a guide mm-hmm. for how to how to replace each and every part that's possible to replace on there. And they also sell the parts. They sell the tools. It's actually a, a pretty interesting website. I've been following them since they've been around, and uh, and they've been very helpful with um, mm-hmm. fixing up the Nerdburger Studio here and the equipment that we have. Sure. Um, and upgrading all my computers and things. Uh. The phones and stuff like that, all this that's glued together now, I'm not going to bother with anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I need to fix my own washing machine, I'll go to iFixit, right? Sure. They, um, 
they have looked into this and they figured out that uh that the hinge is is there's all kinds of gaps on it it's not sealed and it's letting uh like pocket detritus and debris and little grains of whatever are getting inside and they're working their way up in, um underneath the screen now and the other problem is is that the samsung produces these screens they produce them for everyone's phones yeah. pretty much oled and uh amoled or active matrix organic light emitting diode um which is what this is uh those are the ones where uh they can actually turn the individual pixels off so blacks are black they're because there's no light there's no backlight um very fancy highfalutin technology unfortunately <laughs> The uh, with OLED, the O, the organic. There's a, like an organic layer that's sandwiched in between all the the pieces inside the display. Is um, very susceptible to everything. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm simple. I'm simplifying that because I read the article last night and very I don't remember exactly everything. No, but it's sealed in there, and if you break the seal at all or do anything it's to done. it, it's like. Yeah, it's it's just gonna it just it's gonna completely go bad. ruins it. It's gonna screw. And you so they put one of these super fragile, um, persnickety displays that can't ever have any crack or breach of the clean room that this organic layer lives inside inside the display. And they put it on a phone that you fold and open and fold <laughs> and open. And the other thing, there was a third thing, is that Samsung and then, and so they claim, did, did test it. Did they did they ever check the studies about how many times we check our phones per day? How many times we check our Probably. social media internet? They had to, to get a sense of how many times people are going to yeah. fold and unfold this thing. They had and then run that over the average length of times that people I'm, keep I'm, a phone. Well, well, they came up with two thousand. They had they have tested the phone <laughs> yeah. with yeah. with in little, a year with perfect <laughs> perfect robot hands. Oh, sure. That opened and closed it exactly mm-hmm. the same two thousand times. Never and slammed it shut, jammed it in your pocket, yeah. threw it down on a opened yeah. it with uneven force on the corners or like how yeah. humans will do it. They just need it. to bring in never, a kindergarten never class. Never opened yeah. it in such a way that you were kind of twisting it a little Flexing bit as you it, did it. Torquing yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No. And that's that's perfect the other robot that's hands. the other problem is that they did, didn't test it with people. <laughs> well, they were trying to, and then they gave it to the t- the people, the people that were going to test it, and they uh, immediately and the people failed. built a robot. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I thought you were seeing in the factory. It's like, hey, tech reviewers, all you people here, test these out. Tell us what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Three days later, uh, this sucks. <laughs> you know, you could have just given one of these. You could have just made these and given them to your to the staff that was making them to the to the to the techs that yeah, were just, building the thing. Just go to any random kindergarten and just say, class. Okay, we've made you've made the thing. You've made yep. this thing now. Test it for yeah. a month and tell us what happens. You use this for a month. When when they announced, when, why did they do that? I don't know. When they announced <laughs> this thing months ago, um, I thought I for, at first I laughed and then I thought, you know, nobody's nobody's gonna want this thing, you know, because you can clearly see there's um when you open it up there's like a like a ridge in the screen, sure, in the middle, and it's like it's a touch screen. It's a tab. Like I don't want to feel this line that I'm constantly dragging my finger back and forth over. Like just, I'll just get a tablet and have a phone and have two, have the two. Like, why do I need one? I don't get it. But, um, I'm like, but you know what? Good on Samsung for actually figuring that out and getting, getting it into production. Cause I was thinking this was still years off. Well, see what and I want. Apparently I, I was right. <laughs> it is still years off. Yeah. I want one of those screens that's 30 by 42 that you can roll up. Cause yeah. you, cause you need that. Or you carry 
every single drawing you've ever created in just one little tube. No, <laughs> you can't have your 36 by 48 drawings. Well, your, your F size. Well, then you get an F size. You get an F in stop, size. Stop, 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 <laughs> stop. But wouldn't stop. that be great to yeah. have your entire set of documents completely hyperlinked to where you click on the detail in the plan and it goes to that detail view and it's is just this, one roll? Is this you can... what your company is working on right no. now? Okay. My no. My office doesn't want to convert to Revit fully. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no, nobody's office does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I've been, I've been, they've been telling me for 20 years that we're in a couple years, everybody's going to be on Revit. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? You know, not even, not, even, not, not even half the companies out there are, no. are fully Revit or, as long even, as... or even majority Revit. Well, it, it gets back to the renovation thing because. No, yeah, when... so they're going to give me, we're going to put it all on a touch screen because I've heard those stories too of yeah, like, no. all this crazy, you I know, like, want it. you'll be able to put all your plans on this touch screen yeah. uh, tablet thing and you're going to have PDF markup that's really easy with fingers and Maybe in all 50 this years when all the buildings that have been built were built with Revit. And the contractors actually paid for the models. Yeah, or the, the owners paid for the models and gave did. it to the the uh, the facilities managers, mm-hmm. and they actually kept up the model, the BIM model. Well, that's actually stuff we are doing. We we are building the, models of existing buildings and turning that into a digital twin and a long term operations. You're doing it for, for facilities, but and, it's such and, a t- and own, yeah, building owners though, right? It's such a yeah, tiny yeah. percentage of the oh, I know it, the market, and and just like when we when we. It went from if I had children and those children had children, this is not going to happen in their lifetime. Yeah, no. But when we went, we function. When we went from hand drawing to CAD, it was exactly the same pain point because existing facilities were all done by hand, and it took a number of years to get drawings into CAD, and it's doing the same thing for for Ben. Right, and adapting to CAD drafting from hand drafting. (laughs) Well, here now here's the thing. Yeah. You adapt from you, you. Everything was being drawn by hand, and then you there's a shift over to things being drawn by CAD. You mm-hmm. know, with the computer. The thing about it is, though, is that the computer is ubiquitous and required for life in general. Right. So it is useful on many, many, many levels to have mm-hmm. everybody on a computer in an office. And one of the things you can do on that computer is do your drafting. Mm-hmm. This this roll up screen that I'm going to take with me. Name for me the 10,000 other things I can do on that that oh. will make it worth transitioning the entire industry to using. Well, I can roll it out when I'm in economy comfort and watch Netflix on that. Okay, that's one. 999 nice you know, right <laughs> to go. <laughs> Give me 100. Yeah. Give me 100 things I can do on that roll-up that, that roll screen. Right. But in, in that's the way innovation happens. They they find one thing, and then all of a sudden people start using it. For we went to computer drafting because stuff. the computer became a thing that everybody uses, and well, drafting and, is one thing you do. And the, the transition from other hand little to other CAD, little spec yeah. other little really specific things like you got to have more to it than just like oh, oh I can point at the building because it's a boutique <laughs> at that point. But when <laughs> but going from ha- hand drawing to CAD was a whole lot easier because it was exactly the same process. Yeah, the output yes. was identical. I mean, the original plotters were pencil plotters that physically drew on a piece of paper. Yeah, and the difference between CAD and BIM is so enormous that it's it changed the architecture. It changed architecture and engineering. It didn't change construction. Right, construction still had physical drawing sets yep. that they took and they flipped open to the page and said, "Build that." Right now, they're three D printing. Buildings. So now you're yeah. now you're asking the architects, the engineers, the the contractors, the contract administrators, all the subs, all yep. the suppliers, all the manufacturers to use this same technology. And good luck getting yeah, them all on the same page. It's, 
It's, it's definitely progressing, but it's doing them, it really good luck, slowly. Good luck getting them all on the same roll-up digital page. <laughs> <laughs> but the roll-up, the roll-up like screen yeah. is actually is actually um, pot doable because yeah. uh, the those those screens are made to be bent mm-hmm. like that. They're just not made to be folded. Yeah, not folded. <laughs> like like the uh, the Huawei. What is this? The Mate X, I think it's called. Is the phone that Huawei put out um, that uh, some some are suspecting Samsung rushed the Galaxy Fold out so that it could come out at the same time, but it's it bends the opposite way, like a ah like a wallet, the outside of the wallet rather it's than the, the outside of the, of the screen. Yeah, the screen is on the sense. outside, and it's it's bending around the the spine. So of that the makes thing. more sense because then you can <laughs> now use I, it as a... now I have now the entire outside of my phone <laughs> can be scratched by my keys. Yeah, there. That's that's the problem with this one. The fold it, it where you fold it up on the inside that yeah. actually helps by protecting you right. from the keys. But this, this is like yeah okay. Now I'm making yeah. all sides of it susceptible to damage. Mm-hmm. But this looks like it doesn't suffer from that issue of having a crease. Sure, because it's got a you know it's got a half inch. It's it's a big enough radius. It's got a half inch diameter, you know, curl rather than Uh a sharp fold. What else is news, Craig? Oh crap! Um, Let's see what (laughs) we got. I got to talk now. No, you have to come up with content. Um, Well, I don't know what that what happened to that. (laughs) Um, Well, you closed something because it was uh, auto playing (laughs) all over the place. Stop! Quiet you. Did you hear the story? This was a few weeks ago, but it just it's it's an amazing story. Um is it from Steven Spielberg? No, this is this is from the it's it's a Florida story, I think in at least in part. Um according to the Florida Times Union, two men began smashing apart a swimming pool in the back um of, of a house with a rented excavator. At one point, the machine cracked a large concrete slab near an outdoor shower. And they hacked apart the pieces with a sledgehammer, blowing the dirt. Uh, they found a plastic bag, and from inside, he pulled out what he thought was a coconut. Oh, no. And it was a skull. Uh-huh. I was thinking human head. Yeah. Um, now we're In know. a plastic bag inside a concrete slab. In Florida? Not New Jersey. This was, this was actually being done in Jacksonville, Florida, by a guy named Aaron Frazier um, in a house, and at a house that he had not lived in since he was four. This is his parents' house. So they they moved away when he was four, uh-huh. sold it to somebody else, sold it to somebody yeah. else, somebody else. Eventually, he bought it back. For Aaron, the human remains uh, sunk uh, below a layer of concrete in his boyhood home snapped the jumbled pieces of a oh, family no. mystery into place. Oh, God. In January oh, 1993, no. his mother, Bonnie, had vanished. <gasps> Police suspected her husband, Aaron's father, Michael, wow. of murdering his wife. Those suspicions started with, uh, with uh, started with what Aaron, who was then three, had told authorities, saying, "As three years old, Daddy hurt her." Oh no! Aaron had said um, to, uh, and the Times Union reported, but Aaron's own family doubted the little boy's foggy account. He's a little three-year-old kid. Right. Sure. Um, what does hurt her mean? All this, you know, little kids. But on that day, uh, this is actually in 2014, stand, when when he discovered all this, he's standing amidst the smashed concrete. Aaron was holding the evidence that he that would eventually lead to his father's arrest. Um, the murder trial started, this is, it, the, the way the story is, it jumps around in time. Um, Bonnie, Bonnie, the mom, had decided to leave the marriage, taking her son with her. She secretly opened a bank account to save money um, for the escape. Um, when Michael discovered the account and forced her to close it, Bonnie began secreting cash away. Eventually, 
1993, Bonnie, 23 years old, failed to show up for work. Her husband would later say the two had fought the night before, and da 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 da. We all know what happened. Um, but he had the 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 kid had, you know, had this story as mm-hmm. as, as a three year old about the daddy hurt her, and and uh, what did he, I'm trying to think, what did happen to him? The credibility of the child, blah blah blah. Aaron, oh, he was well. He was taken away from the father. Um, Aaron was eventually adopted by another family. Were and they then, Armenian? And that no. When <laughs> when the dad died, then he inherited the house. Oh, and came back and started came back. Re- and started renovating it, dealing with with stuff to get it ready to sell. Sure. And that's when he discovered his own mother's oh, skull corpse. Oh, the whole thing. Well, eventually, yeah. Um, he found the skull first. Um, which basically, you know, put put to rest the whole. Like a, a mystery that had like weighed on him since he was a child, and probably at this this point in his adult life had very very hazy memories. Of oh yeah, yeah. like it's, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And I, I imagine things like snapped back into focus for him, and probably unlocked some repressed well and um, also, memories, and, and also the years of abandonment issues. You know, mm-hmm. mom just left. Yeah, now we know she didn't. Yeah, at least. So in August 2015, too Michael, bad dad's dead, so he can't kill him. How did they tie the dad to the crime? I mean, they just assumed. We'll we'll we'll, we'll put the we'll put it up there for everybody to read here because, like I said, it, the, the the story jumps all over. It's like, is that I'm what trying to remember the specifics? It probably does. It's probably what probably what you know allowed this to happen in the first place yeah. was like <laughs> he picked a date to leave, failed to show up to work, um, missing, unusual. And there's evidence about like. What was you know what was wrong and different about the situation that made the police suspect something you know foul play? Uh, you'll have to look it up again. I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it and, and try to read this thing from top to bottom because it's it's not a terrible it's not a long long article but it's long enough for me to not like read it from top to bottom. But uh, it's just one of those weird things like this kid you know had had that to say and then nobody believed him and years mm-hmm. and years and years later he just by happenstance proved what he had said as a, as a child. Um, and you know, unfortunately it's, you know, a terrible story of, of murder. Um, it's weird, weird stuff. So this was a weird story coming out of Florida, but weird in, in a different way than what our normal Florida stories are, where it's like the weird, you know, like just like this person did something ridiculous, weird Florida Um, man, weird. Just that this is, this is, this is like, just, this is, uh, bizarre. Yeah, this is going to be a Netflix documentary, I bet, <laughs> coming up soon. It's going to be a Lifetime family movie. It's going to be, not family, but you know, it's going to be a life, It's going to be like a true crime family, quote unquote. <laughs> not a family for long. No, it's going to be like a true, I'm sure they'll, somebody at some point will do like a true crime. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, know, this rec- is a... Rec- recreation, you know, half, half uh, you know, you know um, like presenting the facts of the case and interviews and all that stuff, but along with like, you know recreations of yeah, scenes the, or what hope, they think happened you hope, know hopefully this guy uh get has an agent and is getting rich right now on the, the rights to the story because it's great i mean you know other than the content it's a great story you know <laughs> for for something to well, be other than fictionalized how it, it or, is, yeah yeah screwed up his whole life yeah except, in, I, some, in some part yeah for that part do we do we want a palate cleanser uh florida man type story yes please that involves a crime <laughs> ohio woman with alleged history of dog sex, is now accused of robbing a bank. Hmm? Good <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, 35-year-old Amber Finney 
was indicted by Trumbull County Grand Jury after allegedly knocking over a Chase bank back in February. Police say employees at the bank identified Finney as the woman who walked in and handed one of the tellers a note. That teller allegedly told police Finney was carrying a large purse and uh, wearing a hood to obscure her face and said she did not want to hurt her. Uh, teller th- told authorities uh, she explained to Finney she could only dispense $1,000 at any given time. Sorry. Uh, Finney apparently accepted the small amount and left the bank to meet a man standing in the parking lot, according to employee witnesses. Unfortunately for Finney, however, the snow had freshly fallen, and a series of footprints led police (laughs) from the bank through a series of back streets and directly to the home where Finney was staying at the time. She was arrested without incident. 30-year-old Richard Williams was arrested and charged in connection... Uh, an unnamed 15-year-old boy reportedly chases, uh, faces charges as well. Um, in early 2017, Finney was arrested and charged with one count of bestiality after a viral video from New Year's Day of that year appeared to show her performing sexual acts on a dog. <laughs> I think we can all guess what that was. Uh, she initially de- uh, denied the charges but eventually pleaded no contest and received, received a suspended sentence plus five years of probation for violating a recently enacted city ordinance, which makes it a first-degree misdemeanor to engage in sex with animals. Recently enacted. (laughs) During her original interview with detectives, Finney claimed the video had been doctored to make it look like she was having sex with the dog. Police disagreed. That's rough. According to the complaint, Finney, quote, did knowingly engage in sexual conduct with an animal or knowingly possess, sell, or purchase an animal with the intent that it be subjected to sexual conduct. So this was her own dog. Oh, well, that makes then it, it That makes it okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> there's consent. The ordinance was passed in response to an uproar after 61-year-old Salvador Rendon was charged with animal cruelty and given a 30-day sentence for allegedly having sex with two dogs in absence of any specific law against bestiality on the books in the town. How do they know it was cruelty to the animals? Maybe the animals liked it. Uh, well, I'm not going to, that's a trap. I mean, I'm not going anywhere near that answer. <laughs> the, the, the most, the most logical sexual act that the Ohio woman would have performed on her assuming male dog, um, would, would, I would think be free from cruelty. Uh, the alleged sexual act that the man performed on two dogs, I would think would constitute cruelty <laughs> just from a logistics standpoint. How, how did the dogs identify? I don't think that matters. It's it's a size issue. <laughs> well, you don't know him. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> he was sixty-one after all. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. There's a, there's a lot of plot holes here. Well, I just love the following the tracks through the snow. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, and uh, in her mugshot here, this is great. She's got um tattoos on her shoulder of dogs, little doggy paw prints. Wow. See, she's an animal lover. Yeah. A little bit too much. Mm-hmm. You guys rolled past that one. It, What'd you say? It was really rough. Rough. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I get that now that he's just going to stare at me like that. Yeah. Until I give him the... Like a dog. The drum sting. Yes. That's Matthew's default face is the <laughs> dog face. Hey. <laughs> hey, got you a free shirt. 
Yes, Mike did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for noticing. I would like you to bring your Nerdburger pin and Ooh, stickers back no, no, to the studio. No. And uh, no. that mug, too. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's definitely not. Uh, I have to share the address with my Uber driver. <laughs> have a date with her later. His, his Uber driver was his wife. Yeah. <laughs> they were making out in my driveway. It was awesome. <laughs> well, we just got married. I recorded it. I mean, um. <laughs> so, what is the title of my sex tape going to be then? I don't know. We'll find out. It's going to be. Got to wait for you to say something. Disappointment in Mike's driveway. Yeah. No, I, th- I I thought we discussed this already. It's the origins of comedy, yeah. right? Ah. Oh, is that oh nice that, segue. Hey. Is that something we're talking about? I thought so. That is the title of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to speed things along. Exactly. <laughs> Sad and funny. The title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what what do you got? What what's the deal? What's you watched some watched something. How is watched uh, something sitting in a uh, airport aluminum tube? Oh, in the plane, I was flying the through plane. the yeah. flying through the sky because and, it's the uh, future. Yeah, we... R- rocketing through the sky with jet propulsion and and barely enough yeah. lift. And... <laughs> How much of this am I supposed to be reading? Thousands of thousands of feet. Above, the bottom line. Thousands of Will feet. You answer her question please? above the earth in defiance of God I, Himself oh, oh, and gravity. Yeah, uh, and there was a uh, CNN series on the history of comedy on CNN. Yes. Okay. It was it was mildly interesting. Mildly. Oh, <laughs> welcome to the part of the <laughs> episode where we talk about something that's mildly interesting. Well, it was it was CNN eyes, so it was really kind of the Nerdburger boring. podcast. Yeah. Mildly interesting. interesting. Yeah. Put that on the website, Mike. Mildly interesting <laughs> and somewhat entertaining. So we strive for mediocrity occasionally. Go team. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, it So where went, did it where it went back to I was gonna say where it did started it start? talking a little bit about some of the vaudeville stuff, but then it really oh. kind of went towards uh the uh the fifties and sixties. And uh, when stand-up com- comics were really starting to become prevalent with like Lenny Bruce and and have you seen the uh, the Amazon show The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Um, I, I know of it. Yeah, yeah. I have not. I have it's not really it. really funny. It's really a very entertaining show. Uh, and I watched a few episodes and it talked about different comics and different genres and it went into like the the shock jocks comedy of you know like Dice and then it went into the the shtick comics of like Gallagher and yeah. Howie Mandel with the with the carrot top and carrot top yeah and all that kind <laughs> and of stuff and then the freaking comedy central half hour comedy show thing where it's like everybody that could tell three jokes and string them together got a comedy right thing during the 90s and, eh, and just like so much of it's, oh, it's horrible all those people are gone now horrible <laughs> and uh uh it kind of made me reflect a little bit about you know what were some of my comic influences that made me as hilarious as we all know that I am. <laughs> Sorry, you, he's funny. He's I know. A, you're funny. I'm a funny you're guy. A funny you guy. wanted funny us guy. to laugh at you, right? I mean, I'm a funny guy, right? <laughs> There's a difference between laughing at me and laughing with me. <laughs> or la- I used to tell my students, I'm never laughing at you, but I'm laughing near you an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's really kind of a, a 
confluence of Bill Cosby, uh-huh. minus the mm-hmm. dating yeah, 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 tips. Yeah. You can uh, you can be influenced. You, you can learn what comedy is like from him before yeah. he learned all these terrible we, things right. and got and felt betrayed. Yeah, we like we as the us. audience didn't know any of that no, stuff. All of his uh, contemporaries and other they, uh, coworkers they knew. Yeah. They knew. But when I popped the eight track in and was listening to Bill Cosby himself, the eight track seriously, nice. Uh, that's what I grew up with. As a matter of fact, one of the um, words in uh, one of his his stand up routines is gunky. Gunky. Yeah. Gunky. You gunky. And that was the only bad word we were allowed to say growing up. <laughs> and you can't imagine the amount of malice and vitriol a three-year-old can conjure when he called his older brother a gunky. It was just I'm the trying most to remember hateful the, I'm trying thing. to remember the Wait, bit so it's a it, noun, it not an adjective? You gunky. Yeah, it's okay. a noun. Trying to remember what bit that's yeah. from, but yeah, I know, I, I know, hmm. I know what you're exactly what you're talking about. Oh, and it was just wonderful. And then as I got a little bit older, uh, I started stealing my older brother's uh, Steve Martin albums, mm-hmm. uh, "Wild and Crazy Guy," uh, "Let's Get Small," uh, "Comedy Is Not Pretty," and you combine those two. Oh, I remember. It's from the revenge thing with Junior Barnes. Yeah, when he's gonna get when he's gonna get Junior Barnes because Junior Barnes hit him in the face with an ice ball yep. when they were having a snowball fight, and it's like because that wasn't fair. You like that ice ball had like bits of rocks and ice yeah. and all this stuff in it. And he got <laughs> bam in the side of the face with a ice ball, and it was stinging, and it ran all down in my underwear. <laughs> I just sat right down in the snow. And then he does this whole bit where he's like he sets up. He's like, um. How does it go? He's like, and I, I made the most, the most perfect snowball. He has this whole buildup. He makes this yeah. most perfect snowballs, and he goes out looking for, <laughs> goes out looking for Junior Barnes. Junior Barnes. Well, he, he, put, he puts it, he puts it in the freezer. Well, he, gets, he gets there. Yeah. Junior Barnes. And I couldn't find it, so I went home, and I put the snowball in the freezer, <laughs> and I waited. July. <laughs> Not a snowball in sight. I had gone to great lengths to prove to Junior Barnes that I was his closest and dearest friend. <laughs> the whole thing set up. He's like, I'm going to get you, Junior Barnes. Barnes. I'm going to get you so good, you gunky. Mm. And I went to the freezer. I opened the door. And my mother had thrown the snowball away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went back outside and I spit on it. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole bit. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's one of his oh. re- it's a short bit yeah. from one of his earlier albums. Yeah, but it, but it's just, but it's funny. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just gunky. funny. So that became part of like oh my the, the world the, the Solhoff family. I mean, you call someone a gunky. I mean, that's that's above. I, I got to keep this in mind when I oh, come yeah, over sure. sometime. Yeah, call somebody call your a gunky. gunky. You. Well, I don't think Daniel would know because he doesn't listen to me. Uh, call, any of your siblings, call your siblings, yeah, wife. That will she will she get it? No, mm-hmm. okay, well, my siblings. It's a Solhoff thing. Yeah. Okay, well, invite me to a Solhoff family function sometime. That's I like never, you. That's never going to happen. I yeah. like you. I want to remain your friend. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and Steve uh, Martin, the Steve Martin stuff. I, and uh, I think what I really like about, especially those two comics, is that they're funny. They're just plain funny. Their their jokes are well crafted. There's good setup. There's good punchlines. They have jokes that reference previous jokes, and it's it's clever. It's kind of classic, well done yes. stand up. It's like kind it's, of what you expect well done classic stand up to be. Right. And yes, it is funny seeing somebody hit a watermelon with a sledgehammer. <laughs> but, but if that's it, yeah. I mean, at what point is it really? I mean, like Steve Stephen Wright's another one. I love Stephen Wright. 
But even his shtick gets boring after a while because it's the same thing. And you look at someone like Steve Martin or Bill Cosby, and they are so diverse. Or someone like Carol Burnett. Oh, my goodness. Carol Burnett's phenomenal. The the I, scene when she's in the Gone with the Wind episode. Oh, all that stuff, yeah. And she she walks down with a curtain rod, and she's, I saw it in a window and just had to have it. I mean, <laughs> it is still hysterical. I, I almost cry when I see that scene, even though I know exactly what's going to happen. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Fletch. You know, that... That, uh, that the, particular the, brand of humor. Yeah. I will say I have a... I, I must admit, though, I was never a huge Stephen Wright fan, but I do have a great deal of respect for somebody who does the one-liner kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just for the sheer number of jokes he needs to yeah. do and oh, remember. Yeah. He'll yeah. do you know do an hour-long set as somebody who has like ten stories yep. that are like crafted stories of like this, 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 and there's jokes you know work all the way through it. But then he's got to just sit there and just go, you know, one or two sentences, and then another one or two sentences, mm-hmm. and then another one or yep. two sentences, and do that for an hour. Yep. I mean, when and be consistently you, funny. Yeah. When you do a lot of public speaking, you realize how many words you have to write down to fill yeah. forty five minutes <laughs> yeah. an hour. I've, it's I've dealt with like yeah, doing anything where you're teaching somebody stuff. Yeah. And you spend trying, a month writing something out, going, man, I got too much material, and then five minutes in your presentation, holy crap, we're doing shadow puppets. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never, never just write it down. Speak it out loud, and you will realize how quickly you get yeah. through that. Yeah. Say it out loud, and you're like, set the timer on your on your phone. Click start this on the stopwatch. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. And then I read get... the whole thing, and you're done. You're like four and a half minutes. Did Jeez. I get start? <laughs> I, I I thought I had a half an hour here. Yeah, <laughs> you have to build in some flexibility there too, because when you do get out on stage in front of those people, you're going to be saying it faster. You're going to say yep. it faster. And then one of the things that comics always tell you too is like when they do, um, when they're when they're doing short bits, um, and there's a there's a there's a jump from when you're doing short bits to doing longer sets. And then there's another jump that takes place when you go um, to short, even to short bits um, for where you're doing like on a you know tonight show or Letterman mm-hmm. or something like that. And then doing a full, like a half hour, one hour show that you have to figure out like, okay, how do these different, these different types of audiences and the expectations that they have and applause breaks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how that will break your rhythm and how that will extend your set. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to stop. You're like, you, you know, I've got this tight five minutes I'm going to do, but there's going to be three applause breaks. Right. That you're going to have you to hope. stop. You hope, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, there's, there's you, better, yeah. you better have one more joke. <laughs> there's no applause. Well, and then the other side of the spectrum, you got to account for the hecklers. Yep. Yeah. Well, those yeah. are the best. Oh, I got I went on a binge oh. a, uh, about a month ago or just looking up uh, videos on YouTube of people handling hecklers. So much fun. Well, one of my favorite Steve Martin jokes is actually him responding to a heckler. Uh, earlier in the set, he's talking about how scientific he makes his decisions and how clear and head. And he talks about his uh, lucky mood ring. <laughs> okay. Sure. And uh, so then later on, he has a pause in between jokes and some, some douchebag in the audience goes, Hey, Steve, why don't you like your mood ring? Say no. And he goes, Ah, oh, I remember my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, once you know your way around. Stand-up comedy, you, you, gotta, you, you gotta, know how to deal with You got with, a bunch of stuff in your, yeah. in your hip pocket, and you're ready sure. to go. Uh, but, and, you, and you usually, I've noticed too with people, with, with the best comics, they have gradations of heckle. Uh-huh. Yes. They've got the one-liner that's just going to shut them up, Yeah, and then they have the follow-up if that guy, if the guy doesn't, if the person, because sometimes it's a drunk woman as opposed yeah. to a drunk man, doesn't shut their yap. <laughs> And you got to really go off on them, and then there's the then they, then there's the ones yeah. where like they turn it into like there's like the the shut up line, 
and then there's the I'm going to humiliate you a little bit line, and then there's the I'm going to turn this entire crowd against, against you yes. line. <laughs> yeah, they have to have the full arsenal. <laughs> Got to be ready and to pull up that gun. Escalate it, but uh, <laughs> got a pistol, rifle, and a fifty cal. <laughs> you know, St- Steve Martin. How do you want me to kill you? <laughs> He he got his start working at Disneyland, and then there was a, a, a street magician performing they'd go hang out with, and, sure. and started realizing that he was actually kind of funny and liked the presentation. And one of his early early uh, stand up routines, he took the entire audience outside, walked a couple blocks over, and got in an empty pool, and did the whole set from inside an <laughs> empty pool. Did he know it was there? <laughs> yeah, I think he, 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 let's do something different. And, and took him all the way into an empty pool, uh, and you know, and he had his gags. You know, I had the bunny ears and the arrow through the head, mm-hmm. and, uh, excuse the banjo. And, me. Now the banjo is serious. He's, he's unbelievable. Well, he's he just came out with a new album with the Steep Canyon Rangers, but it's a bit of a. It was at the time it was a bit of a shtick. He added he added it to to his show as a, as a little bit of a shtick, but he's. But he had always been playing yes, it. Yes, and he's very, very good. As a matter of fact, there's a song on the new album called Caroline that is absolutely hysterical uh, with the Steep Canyon Rangers. Uh, <laughs> listen to it. He's he's talking about breaking up with a girl. And uh, uh, anytime he mentions the uh, Tar Heels college basketball and Olive Garden in a song <laughs> <laughs> and a parking deck, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, look it up, Caroline, with the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's really, really funny. Uh, but I was just curious, you know, what were some of your comic influences? Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, certainly Bill Cosby was probably one of the earliest. Um, I think Monty Python, we've talked about that yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Discovering, discovering Monty Python. And like the the not so much the Saturday Saturday Night Live people when they were on you know, the original cast of mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live when they were on Saturday Night Live, but like in those comedy movies that they were kind of part of right. late that 70s, came afterwards. And we talked about these quite a bit. Those the reason we Animal talk, House, Caddy the reason Shack, we talked about all those yeah. is because yep. those are vacation. Yeah, those are those the are classics. formative. Yeah. Um, as far as like you know stuff that influenced that I that I get particularly into and that I find influences my view on comedy now too is like you know i mean if i was if 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 i was you know 30 years younger 25 years younger pat noswalt would be now what bill cosby mm. was then because just because he like bill cosby was funny in general but there was there was and, and he told in his early comedy especially he talked a lot about like stuff that happened when he was a kid so that, right. was, that was like stuff that i related to whereas like pat noswalt gets into a lot of geek culture kind of stuff which is yeah you know would be stuff that i would that's why i latch onto that I can't go to the dentist without hearing Bill Cosby in the back of my head. That's the first thing I remember is that bit. Oh, my gosh. I learned that bit and (laughs) and performed it in third grade for something that we had to do. We had to, like, come come to school prepared to do, like, some kind of performance performance thing in in front of the class. And I did that. (laughs) I remember in Target we were talking about ancient Egypt. And uh, and I brought in Steve Martin's King Tut song. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in Babylonia. 
And it's one of those things that if you're going to bring that type of thing to show to the to show to the you know to the to the other kids or perform for somebody when you're a little you know you're a little kid yeah. you don't really know how to do all that stuff you're just like I'm gonna I want to share this thing it's what it is it's like I want to share this thing you know I've got to do this thing or I want to and I'm gonna share this thing that I love with you because I think you'll like it too I think we should all we should all love this thing mm-hmm. um, and just to segue off of comedy into music briefly I was like I can't remember who who was that I was listening to that decided that they they wanted to introduce the rolling stones to their class um and so they did it by playing a rolling stone song mm-hmm. for them and the song that they chose was um can't always get what you want right which is the worst rolling stone song to try to introduce the people to the rolling stones right. with because it starts with the kids there's no there's no instruments it starts with the kids singing you know the candle the, 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 the choir sure the kid choir singing and then when the song starts it starts out really light yeah it doesn't become a rocking song until like two-thirds of the way yeah. through it and so all these kids it, in this yeah. class are like it, it builds what the hell is what are we this? listening yeah. to <laughs> Yeah, they can't appreciate that. <laughs> no, you start them off with Satisfaction or Roxanne or something. Yeah. Don't start them out with, can't always get what you want. I still hate the <laughs> stones. <laughs> Although, taint, uh, Painted Black, that is a good song. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember I, what the uh, what the circumstances were around that thing and how I managed to memorize it, because it's 1983. We must have had the album. Yeah. But the actual record. Record, yeah. Well, I, I had, I had well, himself, eight tracks. Himself, yeah. yeah, it came out in I think eighty two or eighty three. Yeah, that had to have been it, because I had it down. I had the whole performance, and I remember seeing it too. I remember yeah. watching it on TV. Well, I wonder if we had the beta at that point. Might have the beta, or maybe might have had the beta. Yeah, and then the, the old the... Betamax. <laughs> wow, that's that dates you right. Oh, watching yeah. a Betamax of Bill Cosby when he was still funny, wearing it out. <laughs> yeah, wearing out the tape. See, I think it was earlier than that. It might have been had, 80. Because we had, I mean, we had an 8-track. Oh, well, 8-tracks were around for a little ways into the 80s. Yeah, there was uh, some overlap. It wasn't what the kids, you know, like, yeah. what the kids were getting. The kids were getting cassette tapes. But the 8-tracks were around right. for a while yet. Uh, but then, that's, the, what, the, that's what the dads had. <laughs> they had their vinyl, and then some of them had their 8-tracks so that they could play them in their car. On the 8-track deck in your car. <laughs> <laughs> and then right the, next to your uh, CB radio. The whole note <laughs> my dad had a CB, late a CB radio in his like you know two door yeah coupe, <laughs> his Pontiac or whatever. <laughs> like, why do you have this? Because <laughs> it's cool, man. Yeah. Well, he drove. He he was he's a salesman. Yeah. It was, uh, and he he drove around a lot. And his office for a long time was in Northern Illinois, and we lived in Wisconsin. And then then his office was out west, where they you know, west of Milwaukee, where they live now. And he was driving up there driving to see clients and all that kind of thing. Why is there air? That was why the album. Why is there air? Huh. Yeah, why is there air? Not himself. Uh, okay. Well, himself was himself was later, but why is there air? That was the, that's the, the toothache. The... Oh, okay. Uh, driving in San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> Don't drive a stick shift in San Francisco. You oh. get up by the, <laughs> by the time, by the time you shift into first gear, you drifted in, backwards into the, the bay. bay. <laughs> <laughs> Talks about Lombard Street, which is the big curvy one uh-huh. that everybody knows. Yep. Oh. Somebody put a stop Brilliant. sign at the top of this hill. <laughs> but it's just they're they're look Howard, they caught someone again. <laughs> the, the, the timing, the or as, yeah. as Steve Martin says in his is a timing, 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 timing. 
uh, was just impeccable. And uh, yeah, I just no. watching watching the CNN thing made me really kind of reflect and think about. Yeah, why for, I'm so funny. For me, it was. It, I guess it probably it started out with Bill Cosby. Um, you know, my parents watched Saturday Night Live. Like I remember seeing really the Saturday Night Live stuff as a very small child. Yeah, my SNL days of like that having that influence me was like the you know the late '80s, Bill Hartman and that crew. Okay, I was I'm Joe talking Piscopo late Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, you, you I were never, original. I never cast saw it. With I, Belushi I, 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 and I, I, I never, Chase. I never watched it before that. And then um I was too little. Oh. <laughs> My parents didn't let me stay up. Hey, you have school tomorrow. It's Sunday. You have church tomorrow. <laughs> and a lot yeah, yeah, a lot of it, the early stuff was stuff is whatever my parents were watching. So it was uh Saturday Night Live, Monty Python. My dad and I would watch Monty Python. My parents watched MASH. Oh yeah, we watched and MASH. And by the time by the time I was watching it with them in primetime new shows yeah the old ones were already in syndication right, right. and and, th- and that's when i discovered that the first three seasons are really the only ones you ever want to watch yeah <laughs> those, are, those are the the absurdly funny ones and then and then i got uh i managed to use the hey mom and dad my friend at school has a tv in his room so i should have a tv in mm-hmm. my room and then a few years later, that actually worked, and I got one <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah. And I, I used to pretend to go to bed and then stay up and watch Late Night with David Letterman. Yep. Well, yeah, MASH was my all-time favorite sitcom until it was finally, finally overtaken by Arrested Development. Really? Yeah. Wow. You had quite the MASH years. I did. <laughs> I, and you're right. I mean, the, 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 the Trapper years are the funniest. Yep, Trapper and uh, uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah, oh, Blake. My gosh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Arrested Development finally, finally surpassed Mash as the as the funniest sitcom. <laughs> trying to think what other what con- all that Comedy Central or it was Comedy Channel yeah. when it came mm-hmm. out and all the random stand up people that they showed and and they would they replayed a lot of it, it was the HBO half hour or mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. comedy half hour specials yeah. yeah. HBO comedy half hour comedy hour specials and they were ed- you know edited and, and censored but uh those were the good comics yeah, yeah. or most of them and that you know names that you went on to you know see them in no, other the, things and the bad ones were the ones where it was like a half hour show that had like three sets with you know like what, yeah what was that six or seven minutes with three different comics that, it, that yeah. you've never heard of since short attention span theater or something that was, was that something what it was else. called where it was uh, just a bu- random bunch of com- you know, three minute bits of comics let's just together. let's just let it die let's just let it be dead we were, don't we don't need to remember what the name of those kids and kids in the hall oh, oh yeah were you guys here in atlanta when uh like the comedy comedy club and uh uh punchline were were popular mm. okay no, they, i've they never were, i've never were, gone to they were fun they were they comedy were fun. club yeah and uh there think. was there was one particular guy who was a computer science degree holder from Georgia Tech who was working at IBM and uh went and started doing all of the uh some stand up there. Uh and ironically he's now the biggest redneck stand up in the world. <laughs> Is it Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think of him as necessarily as personally a redneck, but it's the, he does His the redneck whole jokes. Whole genre so is all I, redneck. I was, I was thinking yeah. of Larry the cable guy. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's got a computer science degree from Tech. No, no, yeah, that's right. He, I, I forgot that he was from here. But he's the one that does. You, you know, you're right. Redneck redneck yeah. Right. The front porch collapses and more than six dogs milking die. That, been milking yeah. that for twenty years. Yeah. Hey, you it's know. worked for him. You, you've, been, you've been on the TV more than once talking about how the tornado came through the trailer park. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ridiculous. <laughs> of course, I did. I did write a new joke lately. Uh, okay. Well, what do you call a chef who saves dinner? What do you call a chef who saves dinner? A supper hero. Uh, that's, well, well done, that's Dad. pretty good. Well nice. done, Dad. Joke. Yeah. Um. Uh, yep. So yeah, there you go. Comedy, everybody. Wow, I just kind of killed the show there. Yeah. <laughs> No, no applause break for well, you. No. <laughs> when they, when they kill you at Caesar's Palace, they really kill you at Caesar's Palace. <laughs> Is there a better way to end the comedy segment <laughs> with a bad joke and a drum sting? Hey, the comedy's over. <laughs> Did it ever really begin? <laughs> really? <laughs> do we want to do a Kevin question, or do you need to get out of here? We can do it really fast. I can do it fast. Title I mean, of, I, title yeah. of your sucks tape. <laughs> go, go, go. All right. Uh, 105 question. Would you trade the final 10 years of your life for the ability to instantly teleport yourself anywhere you want to be? The only caveat would be that if the government finds out you can teleport, you will be captured and dissected to learn your secret. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, so if the government catches me, they're going to dissect me. No, so no, no. The government will catch you. Okay, the government will catch you. No, I'm not going to do Oh, that. no, it says if the government finds out, they will catch you and dissect you. Okay, so they're going to dissect me, so they're gonna, are they going to dis- dissect me for 10 years? No, they're going to dissect you all at once. And So how are they going to catch me? If I die, that that was my thought. If I give up the last ten years of my life, I die before I'm you know, ten years before I'm supposed to. There's a paradox in that question. Read the question again. Trade the final ten years of your life. Okay, so let's say I'm going to die at ninety. Now I'm going to die at eighty. Sure. Continue. Right. Con- re- continue the question. Uh, for uh, trade the final ten years of your life for the ability to instantly transport yourself anywhere you want to be. Right. The only caveat would be that if the government finds out that you can teleport, you will be captured and dissected to learn your secret. Okay, so I'm supposed to die at 90. I'm going to die at 80. They, catch, they capture me at 50. They kill me immediately. I haven't given up the last 10 years of my life. They kill me and dissect me. Which means you would have died at 40. Or, they catch, or, they, ca- well, or they catch me at 80. Or, or, they're gonna, or it means that they're, I'm, or I'm destined to be gonna, caught at 80. Or they're going to dissect you for decades yeah. and keep you alive. But they're not, because I'm going to give up my last 10 years. Well, they will dissect you for 10 years shorter than they otherwise would have. My my point, there's, there's my the, paradox that I found in this is how how the hell are they going to catch me if I can teleport? Right. <laughs> but the point <laughs> they is... They don't know anything about it. They don't know how it works, which is why they have to dissect and me. And as soon as they Therefore, try to Therefore, they have no you, way to stop me. Teleport away. I'm just going to teleport away. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna roll it back. Outside of the paradox that's inherent in the question, yes. you know, before you even got to the government catching anything, would I give up 10 years of my life to be able to teleport? No. Done. I'm done. No, I wouldn't. Period. Really? I would. No. 
My I, pro- I don't travel enough to have teleportation be that important and useful to me. My, you, who travels ro- uh, around the yeah. world, different story. Yeah. No, but, I'll, but ta- if you, I'll take, if a, you had I'll the, take a plane flight two or three times a year. Thank you very but much. But if you had the ability mm-hmm. to travel wherever you wanted instantaneously and it didn't cost I, you any money or take any time, you wouldn't you do it more? I have no interest. Huh? I would. I'm already Delta Platinum for next year. Nice. I would do it. Not diamond. So that's my answer. I don't spend enough on Delta for diamond. <laughs> oh yeah. The only problem is, is if the government finds out, I kind of got stuck on that when I yeah. read, when I read this and I thought, so I can't ever buy anything wherever I go because the government would find out and I can't bring my phone with me because then the government would know where I was. Right. Or they would figure out that I was teleporting. Right. Um, otherwise, how would the government know? Unless you well, were... as soon as Big Brother institutes the face rec- facial recognition, right, with all the cameras everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. so yeah. as soon yeah. as you teleport, they know that you've just, you know, you were here and now you're there, six hundred miles away. But then I fall and now back you on immediately get caught and dissected. They don't know anything about how teleportation works, and therefore they can't capture me because I can just teleport away again. But then, are you constantly on the teleport run <laughs> yeah. from the authorities? You're, you're going to be going on the teleport for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're not on the run anymore because why why run when you can teleport right so you're on the teleport for the rest of your life uh, on how por- exciting you're on the port you're on, you're on the, you're on the teleport for the rest of your life which is 10 years shorter than it would have been yeah you have to be on the port and not on the telly because that <laughs> that that just means you're on tv in okay. the uk that's my answer i'm done okay <laughs> matthew did you yes i would you would okay so that's two we woulds and one we would cool you're gonna get dissected for 10 years that'll be fun yeah, but you won't, won't make a difference because you're gonna give up those years yeah no they're not gonna catch me they're not gonna catch <laughs> me not gonna catch me not gonna catch me you're pretty confident yeah i am <laughs> hey, hey government i'll help you catch him <laughs> if you allow me to hey. teleport freely for the rest of my life <laughs> after you figure it out <laughs> Anyway, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Thank if, you, Kevin. If you could dissect each other and learn Whoa, how to teleport. Oh, no, no. I don't want to die. I barely want to talk to you people on the podcast. <laughs> I want to dissect you. It's, it's everything Craig can do to get, get himself to show up here in person and look at me the, across uh, this table. The only reason I came out here this week is because the theater I'm going to see Endgame in is like five <laughs> minutes away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Might have called this one in if I was oh, going to see that at a different time. I think I have to bleep that out now. <laughs> Where you identified the theater. Oh, well. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was, this was very close for me having to call this one in from 10 and a half hours away. Anywho, thank you. Man. Thank good you, to be back. It's good Glad, to be back. Good to have you here. It took a little while to get you back in the, in the studio. Oh. Here. We appreciate it. Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com and... Oh, nerdburgergames.com to learn about game stuff and drivethroughrpg.com to buy those game things. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig enter the end game. First, Mike snaps his fingers and kills Craig and half of Nerdburger's regular guests. But I gotta keep talking to tell you how it'll end, so... We'll just assume I recorded this before the snap. In the follow-up, Matthew shrinks himself down to ant size and flies up Mike's anus and then grows to giant size, and that's Mike all over. (laughs) Just The entire street is wallpapered in inverse Mike. (laughs) Inside-out Mike.
When did you eat corn? I don't remember eating any corn. When did I eat Matthew? What? <laughs> Title your sex tape. <laughs> so Matthew, will will that mean that you are my a new start? I am your a new start. Now you're just you're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- anus? <laughs>